You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Mike Backhouse. I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Warwick and uh, Associate Editor on the journal here. And today I'm joined by Annika. Thanks, Mike. So my name is Annika Hock. I am a podiatrist by background, but I'm currently in my final year of my PhD at Glasgow Caledonian University. Uh, my PhD is focused on developing and validating a patient reported outcome measure specifically for foot disease activity in the rheumatoid arthritis population. And I also hold a PG cert in musculoskeletal ultrasound from GCU as well. Great stuff. And today we're going to talk about your paper, which was recently published in Rheumatology Advances in Practice. And the title is Assessing the Construct Validity of Musculoskeletal Ultrasound and the Rheumatoid Arthritis Foot Disease Activity Index, or RADI F5, for Managing Rheumatoid Foot Disease. So starting off then, what what is the, the RADI F5? The RADI F5 is essentially a patient-reported outcome measure or a questionnaire that was specifically developed to assess foot arthritis severity or foot inflammation in individuals with RA. The tool was amended from uh, the modified RADI by Levital, where we made it more foot-specific by adding questions related to the feet. So we said on the top of the tool, thinking of only your feet and uh, the questionnaire essentially consists of five questions and it's scored on a numeric rating scale from zero to ten, zero being less severe, ten being more severe. And it takes a minute or two to complete. It's relatively easy and straightforward for both patients and it's easy for clinicians to score as well. So you score it by taking the average of the five questions. Each question is related to a different aspect of foot disease. So we look at foot disease over the last six months. We look at joint tenderness, swelling, foot pain, general foot health and morning stiffness upon awakening and how long that lasts for. So pre-PhD, uh, we actually did a validation study on the RADI F5, hmm. and we looked at the measurement properties of the tool in line with the Cosman taxonomy uh, recommendations, and we were able to prove that the RADI F5 is a valid and reliable tool that can accurately measure foot disease activity in the RA population, but it's also really clinically feasible and simple. Excellent. So why do we need a separate measure for the foot ankle? So we know that the feet are very commonly affected in rheumatoid arthritis. I think the current literature reports anywhere from 54% to 100% of individuals with RA actually experience foot concerns during the course of their disease. And these foot-related symptoms can really affect an individual's ability to walk, to work, take part in social activities. So it has a huge implication on their quality of life. The need for a separate measure of foot disease activity comes from the fact that traditional disease activity measures, such as the DAS-28, primarily focuses on joint tenderness and swelling in the upper body, so shoulders, elbows, wrists, even the knees, but it actually omits the foot and ankle joint. And there has been extensive literature on the problems associated with that. And actually, there is literature suggesting that up to a third of individuals in DAS-28 remission actually have foot synovitis. And if these patients aren't being identified, they're getting suboptimal foot care and management. And I think a lot of qualitative work 
that's already been published, as well as my own qualitative work, has suggested that more often than not, the feet actually remain in shoes during clinical appointments. Mm. Um, and if the feet remain in shoes, how are we supposed to assess foot inflammation? And obviously we've got advancements in imaging and I know x-rays are recommended in the NICE guidelines, but beyond the first year or so or beyond initial diagnosis, they're not routinely conducted in the feet. And MRI is obviously considered your gold standard, but they're not as accessible, especially for us AHPs don't have adequate training in it and they can be quite expensive. And I know currently the waiting list is off the charts and with advancements in musculoskeletal ultrasound obviously it's really promising especially for us AHPs in rheumatology but again it requires a lot of training and again it might not be as accessible especially in outpatient clinics so we essentially wanted to create a tool to assess foot disease inflammation that was accessible for everybody and I think especially in the last decade or so, there has been a real push for the patient perspective as well in clinical mm-hmm. care to get a more holistic, comprehensive overview of disease, which the RADI F5 now offers if you use it in adjunct to the DAS-28. And I think podiatrists have been calling for a paradigm shift in early care for RA, especially related to the foot for a long time now. Yeah, so Absolutely. Um, that's yeah. right. And, and and so what does your, your paper add then in terms of understanding about the RADI F5? So essentially, we were looking at the construct validity of the RADI F5 relative to ultrasound and clinical examination. As part of my qualitative work, rheumatologists and AHPs highlighted that there might be some lack of trust in PROMs because they're seen as very subjective. And in order to clinically implement the RADI F5, they felt like it was necessary to compare the RADI F5 to ultrasound and clinical examination. So that was the main aim of the study. Okay, and and what did you find then? So we ended up recruiting people with RA from outpatient clinics in NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde and Lanarkshire. And essentially what we found was that the RADI F5 had confirmed construct validity with musculoskeletal ultrasound. So we found stronger than expected correlations with musculoskeletal synovial hypertrophy and moderate correlations with power doppler. And that was actually in line with our pre-specified hypothesis. So again, that confirmed our construct validity. I also think we found that despite advancements in pharmacological management, the presence of foot disease was still really prevalent. So around 98% of individuals self-reported presence of foot and ankle disease. And among those, 95% had presence of synovial hypertrophy detected using ultrasound, and 64% had active power doctor signals. So again, pretty high levels. And when we looked at the DAS-28 individuals that were in remission and low disease activity, around 85% and 90% had signs of foot disease detected using ultrasound respectively. So that kind of indicated to us that in line with literature, the DAS-28 doesn't actually capture foot disease accurately. And interestingly, we also found that the RADI F5 correlated more positively with ultrasound than clinical examination. Is that because the clinical examination was missing 
things that were detectable on ultrasound, I presume. Yeah, so basically it wasn't actually detecting synovial hypertrophy via swelling um, or tenderness was actually in line with our pre-specified hypothesis, but essentially the swelling wasn't in line with what we expected. Um, and I guess that suggests that clinical examination alone might not identify all individuals who have mm-hmm. disease in their feet. And the radii F5, which is a, obviously a quite a short prong, could contribute to additional information on foot. So is that how you see it being used in clinic going forwards then? So I think it can be used for a number of things. Um, obviously, I think the main thing for us is we want to facilitate that conversation around feet and really highlighting feet. Um, so I guess the radar F5 could be used to encourage clinicians to actually examine feet in the first place. So if someone comes in and scores relatively high on the radar F5, that would prompt rheumatologists and clinicians to actually look for clinical swelling and tenderness. Conversely, if someone comes in with a low radar F5 score, that might indicate to the clinician, maybe we don't need to look at feet in this specific appointment. But I think it can also be used for self-management and really empowering the patient to take control of their own foot health. I think the complexity with RA is that it manifests so differently in individuals and no one size fits all. Um, so I guess if we can use the radi F5 to monitor when flares occur for these individuals, what they did around that time to manage their flare, um, it would give us a better understanding of what we can do as clinicians. And I think as you touched upon with COVID, there has been obviously significant advancements in video consultations and telephone consultations. But the difficulty is with telephone consultations, we can't actually examine the feet over the phone mm. or even look at it. So that presents a whole range of difficulties. So I guess the radar F5 could really be used for either highlighting which people need urgent face-to-face appointments or even be used for patient-initiated follow-ups. Okay, that sounds really interesting. So with all those possibilities and all, you know, all those opportunities around there, what have you got planned next for for research around the radar AF5? So I think the first thing we are looking to do is actually a cross-cultural validation study in Denmark. So I'll be working with a rheumatology group out there over the next few months where we're looking to translate the radar AF5 into Danish and go through the validation process again, but using the DAS44, the FIS and FFI and also validating it in different inflammatory arthropathies as well. So I think that would be quite valuable getting the radar F5 implemented in other countries. And I think another aspect that we're really focused on at the moment is predictive validity of the tool. I think obviously foot disease is important, but essentially what matters to patients is, are they able to do their daily activities? Are they able to work and walk? So we're doing some longitudinal predictive validity work using the foot function index and foot impact scale as well. Sounds really interesting and I'm certainly looking forward to that. I think the main thing is actually just implementing the tool. So I think it's been used sporadically here and there across NHS clinics in the UK, but actually doing like a feasibility study to see what it could be used for, who it's really for, or what barriers might arise and how we address those barriers. And we're also looking at potentially developing a mobile app to allow patients to complete it themselves at their own frequency at home so it doesn't eat into clinical appointment times and it just gives us more data points on foot disease to help our understanding of how to manage it. 
I should probably also mention that there is a new PhD student who is working on future Radi F5 work as well. So she's part of our uh, GCU MSK team and she's looking at doing the predictive work and looking at how foot disease affects foot biomechanics. So definitely worth watching the space. Yep, no, I absolutely look forward to that. So thanks very much for joining us today, Annika. It was a really interesting chat. And of course, just as a reminder to our listeners that the full paper is available on our website. Thank you so much for having me. It was really enjoyable. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.